favorite definition of character is from Dr. Henry Cloud. He says, character is the ability to meet the demands of reality. And then he also says, integrity is the courage to meet the demands of reality. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black. What's up, guys? Sean Black from FM Evolution. Welcome back to another show. I'm excited to start off the year in such a positive note. I have Max Storion from Blue Collar Leadership. Com. Uh, this guy is a speaker, an author, uh, a coach, and what a story. Uh, an amazing, extremely relatable person. I think he has some great content and tips for you guys. So start off your new year. So stay tuned. You're not going to miss this. But before that, here's a word from Responsible. Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig-ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember to call CGP. They are ready to be on-site 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready, and because they are a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today at 858-454-7326, or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today. What's up, guys? Sean Black at FM Evolution. Welcome back to another show today. I'm excited to start off our new year, 2021, in full effect. And uh, I'm excited to have a, a new guest on for the year, Mac Story from BlueCollarLeadership.com. Hey, buddy, welcome to the show. Hey, Sean, man, it's a privilege to, to be with you and support the, the audience that you've grown and developed. I know you're making an impact in, in the blue collar industries, all types, all places. And uh, it really is a privilege and pleasure to be here to kick off uh, 2021 with you and your audience. And Happy New Year out to everybody. Is listening. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm excited to have you on. You know, uh, as you know, we met on uh, LinkedIn. We then we talked, and I've been uh, become a, quite a fan of what you're doing, and and I really want to dig into some of the stuff that you do because I think it's so relevant to our industry uh, and the people that we serve. And uh, I, I love your story. I, I <laughs> it just you know it's such a a cool journey. Um, to kind of start things off and, you know, as a way to getting to know you, I like to ask everyone what they're reading. Uh, for us, growth and, and our culture here is a big deal. So, uh, we love to know what leaders are reading. Um, and so what are you reading? Yeah. And, and I'll throw a little lesson in here. It's hard for me to teach, to oh, talk absolutely. without teaching a lesson at the same time, but I'm actually reading The Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey. That's, uh, Dr. Stephen R. Covey's son who wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That's, the Speed of Trust is actually my uh, number three all-time book. I've been reading every day since 2008. Since I discovered uh, professional leadership development and personal growth, I've been reading literally every day since 2008. And I've read Speed of Trust several times, but last year I, I reread a lot of books that I started back in 2008, 9, 10, that kind of stuff. So 
So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm almost finished up with that one, but that's, that's number three on my all time reading list. Seven habits is number one. And, uh, number two is the, the five levels of leadership by John Maxwell. And th- those three books, I mean, if you read my books, you'll see a lot of that stuff with my blue collar stories and experience wrapped around that. And I always encourage people, Sean, to, to reread the good books because you're going to be different. The book's going to be exactly the same. But I was talking to someone yesterday. They said, man, I just went back and reread your book and I saw what I highlighted before. And this time I highlighted all kind of other stuff around it. And I'm wondering why didn't I do that last time? It's because you're different now. You've grown. You've seen new things. I love that. It's so interesting. It's a great point that really reading those books uh, in different times of your life, different seasons, even you get a whole new meaning out of them. Uh, you know, one of the things that we do a lot here and I encourage and uh, is really journaling. And, yeah. and uh, you know, Jim Rohn's big on this. And he, you know, he talks about how to journal eat and has a book on it and it's great. And it's interesting, you know, um, when you go back and you read those journals from a couple of years ago, you're like, man, where was me? I, it's amazing to see the the growth that you've had <laughs> over the last years ago. That's so cool to see where I was then, yeah. and, you know, and the thoughts that are going through your head. So absolutely rereading those books. It's a, it's a whole different story. Uh, I reread uh, Think and Grow Rich last year, and I yep. got to do it again because that's one yep. of those books that. If you like Napoleon Hill, man, I don't know if you've read the other stuff by him, but uh, I mean, he's got some awesome books out there. I've read pretty much everything he's ever written. He's got that one big book called the law of success yeah. that came before the, uh, think and grow rich, but it's, it's full of, it's full of good stuff. And if you read his stuff, you understand that a lot of the, the newer folks read his stuff and that, you, you know, he read somebody else's stuff. We just all pass it along. None of us get credit for creating these principles. We just, the principles have been the same since the beginning of the time. They'll be the same to the end of time. What's different is our story that yep. we wrap around that principle. Yeah, that's that's exactly true, and I'm glad you bring it up because I want to talk about your story. You're obviously an author, a speaker. I know you, you're doing a podcast. Uh, I'd like to, to kind of find out more about how you got started in uh, blue collar leadership. Yeah, how I actually got here, and I'm gonna condense it down in real short story. If someone wants the long story, my book Defining Influence covers that pretty deep. But but uh, basically, a, a friend of mine, a coworker in 2005, introduced me. To to the seven habits. I'd never heard anything like this. I was in 2005. I was 17 years into my 20 year corporate manufacturing career. And, and he introduced me to the, the seven habits through a one hour audio highlight of that book. I didn't know there was anything like that out there, but anyway, 2008, I finally listened to it. I'm kind of slow learner. It took me three, three years before <laughs> I even listened to it. And, uh, but I've been reading every day since then, reading, watching videos, audios. And what I quickly discovered was we were not being taught this. When I say we, I'm talking about the blue collar folks. Yeah. I mean, some people, you guys, I know get into this kind of stuff and, and my clients do, but most people don't. I mean, they never heard of it. Most blue collar people I talk to, whether they're the frontline worker or they're supporting them or whether they're the leaders of them, most of them have never heard any of this stuff. I worked 20 years in multi-billion dollar global organizations with thousands and thousands of employees. Never did they invest one penny or one minute exposing me to this stuff. I don't know if my leaders ever heard it themselves because they never definitely never shared it. And mm-hmm. and and so as soon as I figured that out, I tested it out. I was I was leading lean manufacturing at the time I'd started my own consulting business in 2008. And so I logged 11,000 hours between 05 and and 12 leading Kaizen teams 
process improvement, that sort of stuff, organizational gotcha. change, cultural transformation. And after I heard that seven habits, first thing I want to do is I want to know, is this unique to me? Am I the only one that cares about this? Or do all the people like me care about it? So the first, the very next time I led a, a lean team, process improvement team as a consultant, I get to decide how to do it. So pretty quickly on Monday morning, I said, hey, I, I need you guys to do me a favor. I'm going to put this one hour audio in my computer. I had it on disc by then. I had ordered the disc, stuck it in the computer. I said, I'm going to just let it play for an hour. We'll sit around the table and, and look silly and just listen to it. And then y'all tell me what you think. I played it. The folks were fired up and it was a mix of people. It was support people, frontline people, leaders. It's eight or 10 people. And I said, oh, this is what I really want to know, folks. Do I need to quit playing that at these events because it's just something I'm interested in? Or do I need to play this at every event because something everybody should hear? And then that's what they said. Everybody should hear it. Nice. So that was in you know, 2009 when I actually played it for someone. I heard it myself in 2008. Uh, 2009 is when I started playing it. Uh, for my client and it took me a little while to build my business. That's why there was a gap between 2008 and 2009. I started from scratch just like I did with this leadership business, but, but it's been amazing to see the people transform. And basically what I tell people I do is most of the time, these principles are reserved for white collar executives. That's, that's who usually gets sent to seminars and that kind of stuff to hear the stuff that I talk about. So I, I basically tell folks, I took the stuff that's been reserved for white collar executives, wrapped my blue collar story and my blue collar experience around it. Cause I started my first uh, 10 years. I was basically on the front lines as an entry level machine operator uh, in a big machine shop. I ran lathes, mills, drills, gear shapers, saws, and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's where my roots are. And that's the people I value tremendously. I still those people. So that's really interesting. I mean, to me, that, that kind of leads me into what I want to also kind of dig into is, your audience being, a, you know, like you said, hey, this is, these are blue collar people. You know, what do you think that how they perceive this type of information that you're presenting to them? And, and what kind of feedback have you gotten from them? Well, they, they value it highly. I do something that's unique. I didn't start out this way. And, and I don't only speak to frontline entry level blue collar folks and, and their mm -hmm. leaders. I speak to all kind of people. I mean, yeah. 2018, I got to speak at Yale University on blue collar leadership. I mean, that's amazing. Love that. And, but uh, also that same year, I was paid $20,000 to speak to top 80 leaders from 40 countries of a $3 billion organization. All of them had PhDs. So I like people to know, I don't just, my passion is the frontline entry-level workforce. But how do I engage those people is by, by, by helping the leaders engage the leaders to engage the people. And everybody wins that way. But we do something pretty special because I, I didn't like the $20,000 speaking model. That's, that's the one I was learning. I'd never been a speaker. So I started learning how to, how do I do this and signed up and spent tens of thousands, hundred thousand plus dollars going to trainings and all this kind of stuff. And that's what the big dog speakers do. They go out and make big money speaking, but that's uh 2016. That's the last time I've been paid $20,000 to speak. I, right after that, I started my blue collar series in 2016. Actually about the same time it was released. And so, you know, you're asking what, what they, how do, how do they value it? What do they get out of it? And so I decided most blue collar industries, they don't invest a lot of money in training and developing their people relative to character development, which is what mm. I do. They don't mind teaching them the, the skills to do the job. They have to, that's why they yeah. don't mind. They have to, exactly. they don't have to do the stuff that I do. It's an option and only high impact leaders choose to do the stuff that I teach. So 
I quickly said, how do I get these folks to buy in? And also, how do I help the person with 20 employees and not 20,000 or both? And so I created this model in 2019 for the pandemic hit. I was in 40 states. And in 2019 or 2020, I was actually still in 15 or so states. And, and uh, But I do something, any company that buys 200 of my books, that's 3,600 bucks. We, we'll pay. I always tell the leader, if you'll invest in your people, I'll invest in your people. And what that means for me, if you'll buy the books and just hand them out, I don't care who you put in the room. You can put all the people in the room if you want to, or you can buy 200 books, hand them out. And for $3,600 is the cost of the books. My investment is I'll pay all of my expenses, travel anywhere in the 50 United States, and speak to whoever you want to put in the room up to two hours. And, and there's no limit. And see, wow. the thing about that is a small organization can do that. And I tell them, I don't care if you want to get five of your friends in the, in the area who have businesses to split it five ways. And I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you get 10 people to pay 360 a piece and y'all split 10 books a piece. You want to put 50,000 people in a stadium? If you got that kind of influence, I don't care. I want to, I tell people my mission is not to make a lot of dollars it's to make a lot of difference. But what I've learned is if you make a lot of difference, you'll make plenty of dollars. So that's fact. So that's, you know, the, some people have us in once. We speak at a conference like that. Sometimes we speak at a conference with 1,500 people. All they got to do is buy 200 books and we'll come speak at a conference, pay our expenses, everything. And then we have clients. Construction industry is actually, and I know that's valuable to you, but I'm not saying this because I'm talking to you. It's the truth. The construction industry is really our biggest segment. And and it's, it's cool for me. I, my background is manufacturing, but I hardly yeah. ever get to speak to manufacturing because they, they won't slow down long enough to teach somebody something. <laughs> they worried about productivity and they measure it very easily and, and they don't hardly stop for anything. That's probably why I never was introduced to this in 20 years in the big companies. But construction folks, they'll stop. A lot of times they have natural stops. They have natural pauses. And it's also easier for them to pull some folks in. But I got one client here. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. You can probably tell by my accent. I'm bilingual. I, I speak English and country. And uh, <laughs> but, but I got one construction client. They're phenomenal, man. And they have us, they buy 200, they only got 200 people. They buy 200 books every month. And we, we'd be going, uh, February 4th would be the next time we're there. And, and, uh, I think that's our fifth or sixth time. And, but they don't see us even stopping. They, we cover five chapters out of one of my books each time that I go. So right now we're working on the, the top level book, blue collar leadership and culture that I, this is what's cool, Sean. That book I wrote, Blue Collar Leadership and Culture, The Five Components for Building High-Performance Teams, I wrote that book for the top dog in the blue-collar industry, whether it's yeah. a CEO or the owner. And the people who really get it, they they have me, or either they do it through book studies, they teach everybody in their organization that book. The frontline guy digging a ditch gets taught what's in the book I wrote for the for the big dog. And the reason they do it is because I help the leaders understand if they read that book, they'll understand this. And if they really are serious, they'll go do it. What it does is if they teach the people that they want to grow and develop, why they want to grow and develop them. They get it. Yeah, they buy in. It's, they one, buy of the, in. it's one of the sections in the book is buy in. So that book, actually, if they'll teach it to everybody, instead of everybody developing a rumor and trying to figure out why, why we got to do all this stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, they'll, they'll actually know. They'll be bought in. They'll be just like this construction company. We're we're about four chapters in, and and they're they're so hungry to go start some of my real leadership books, the ones that actually help them be better people. Because this book is kind of the why and the how and the what to do 
for the top leader who hears me speak or discovered this stuff, but don't really know what to go do with all my other books. This, this book is like a guide and a roadmap. And see, that's really interesting. I know, especially in blue collar, a lot of these guys, they just want to go out there, swing their hammer, get their job done, go home and be done with the day, you know? And so going through a program like that and really explaining the why behind this is important. If they get that, then they'll do the extra learning, the extra growth. But otherwise, you know, they're more interested in just going home at the end of the day and being done. Yep. And it's a lean principle. It's a lean principle. It's the principle is going slow to go fast. Most people traditionally mindset with a traditional mindset, they go, they go fast to go slow. They don't want to do this buy-in book. The, The leader may read it, but then he wants to go straight to the, the book to teach the frontline or his supervisors. Most often they want to go straight to the supervisors, which is mm-hmm. fine. But if, if you want to get serious about it, you got to go all the way to the top and come down and include everybody. So everybody's learning the same stuff because the stuff that I teach to CEOs, the stuff I talk about when I got paid 20 grand to speak to that room full of PhDs leading that $3 billion company, it's the same exact stuff. If I go down the street and teach and speak to an eighth grade uh, junior middle school uh, class, I'm going to teach them the same exact principles. I'm just going to tell a different story to get them to buy into it. Principles are the same. That's great, man. I I love the way that you're, you're being able to utilize that to, to help people and, and, and really impact them. And I like the model. I think it's a brilliant model. And I think it, it says a lot about, you know, who you are and, and really the impact you're trying to make. And that's, that's huge. Well, I appreciate it. I want people to know, I mean, it's authentic. I, there, there is nothing I would rather do. It's 24, 7, 365. I gave up everything to be doing this. And it's starting to come back pretty good now. But I mean, I gave up well into the six figures with my consulting business. I gave up my Corvette Z06, my Ford Raptor, started driving a Nissan. I mean, a, yeah, a Nissan Sentra. My wife gave up her Hummer. This was back in around 2012 when we, yeah. she gave up her career. She's also in the same lane, but she she does stuff related to leadership for women. But we speak together most of the time, no matter who we're talking to. So I always like to ask people who are writers, because it's something I aspire to do someday. Um, does it really, do you get energized by doing it? Or is it something that is kind of takes it out of you? Do you get exhausted? Oh, I get fired up, man. I love yeah. it. I got, I got so much stuff to come out. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think you've read any of my books. You haven't had, have you? Not yet. Them? Not yet. Nope. Yeah, so not yet. You, my books, I write them real easy for people to read. Like me, I don't like to read. I hate to read, but I figured out I love to learn more than I hate to read. And I've been reading every day, literally since 2008, even though I hate to read, but I write my books for those people. And I've got 13 books now, but my third book was actually my first blue collar book, the one for the frontline entry level workforce. And I have CEOs read that book and they love it. They, they, they have all of their staff read it. I mean, big time CEOs and big companies. So it's pretty neat, but I wrote it for the entry level person, but I write those books in a way they're, they're 30 chapters, three pages each. So they're easy to read. You read a, chapter in six or seven minutes i can i'm slow my wife can read it in about three or four minutes but also that people can do book studies after they get those 200 books they can actually take the people through book studies 30 days or 30 weeks or however but it gets me fired up man i write those books i I write those books faster than most people read those books all my books except for my very first one all those 100 page books or 90 page books i write them in a week wow if i decided to write a book when we got off of this podcast 
if I decided to, I don't even know what it is right now, but, but a week from now, I'll be ordering the hard copy for me to do a final wow. edit on. That's how I, I mean, that's an incredible talent, man. That's pretty awesome. I mean, and people love the books. I mean, some people will tell me, you know, when I read your book, I like to highlight or fold pages and that stuff. And they say, I started highlighting your book when I started. And it's like, I had to quit because everything was highlighted. Everything was highlighted. <laughs> it's because it's full of gold, man. It's gold that I've been mining, lessons I learned. And it takes me a couple hours to write a chapter Yeah, that you can read in you know, four, five, six, seven minutes. Depending on how That's fast you read, man. But it during this whole long. process, what do you think really? So obviously, like you said, you've been learning since in reading since two thousand eight. What do you think was your biggest influence? Like the person who inspired you to become the leader you are today? There's no question. It's Dr. Stephen Covey, the author of The Seven Habits, changed my life. I mean, that I was almost to meet him right before he died, man. It, I hate that I didn't get to, but at least I think he read a letter I sent. Because he, what I learned from him allowed me to reestablish a relationship with my son. From 15 to 19, my son hated me. I only got one son from a previous marriage, and, and that's him. But from 19 to 29, he's loved me. And because when he was 17, that's when 2008 was. That's when I hit play on that audio. Two years into my growth, my mom started telling my son, because she still had influence with him, your dad's changing. Dad's changing. And I wasn't a bad dad. I just uh, probably was normal dad. And, and I had been so normal that I caused my teenager not to want to talk to me. And that happens to a lot of people. Sure does. And, I, and but that's just one thing. I mean, I quit drinking alcohol in 2012. I used to drink not every day. I didn't have a problem, but I had a problem when I was drinking. I drank too much. I partied real hard and I had done that. I was in the Marine Corps right out of high school. And I, if you know any infantry Marines, you know, they're real good at drinking and, and cussing. <laughs> most of them <laughs> so i had to unlearn all that stuff 2012 i quit using profanity and uh i used to i tell people when we're speaking on stage i used to be the guy if i had said a, a one word sentence it had to have two words of profanity that was the only way i could get it to come out and it's just character growth i don't tell other people how to be when i speak to people i tell my story and i teach them principles and then i say you you've got to figure out how do you get better I, they don't want to hear me tell them what they got to do to get better I'm going to just teach them some stuff, tell them some stories that don't apply to them. Tell them my story and see the thing's cool. When you tell stories, people hear your story safely. They listen, like cut their hands behind their ears. Their subconscious is listening. Like there's something in there I need to hear. Yeah. And, and then they, because if there is something in there, they need to hear while they figuring that out. They tell themselves a story about that. That's the story they need to hear. I don't know that story. But if I go in and I just teach you principles, put up a PowerPoint, I don't do PowerPoints unless somebody makes me. And I, they do make me every now and then. But <laughs> when I'm speaking, it just distracts me because I speak subconsciously. I don't ever know what's going to come out. I know what I'm going to talk about every time I go somewhere. I never have any idea what I'm going to say, though, till I'm through because you I know, have to feel it. That's what I hear from a lot of speakers, though. You, you know the material and you really just kind of talk to from the heart and be authentic. It comes out. And some of the best speakers I've seen, uh, it, they're that way. And there's no way. I tell you what, right now, there's no way I could memorize <laughs> what I was going to say. Uh, no way. So I, I love that people, uh, that you're doing that and then speakers are being able to speak like that. And I think it's more impactful. I think it, uh, it definitely, um, is more authentic with people and it comes across and they really learn. Uh, and it's personalized to the people that are in that room a lot. And uh, so I think it's a really good thing. Um, 
when, man, so 2020, I mean, we've all been living in a unprecedented time. This has been a really um, challenging year for a lot of people. And we're pushing into 2021. And, and as we move forward, what do you feel like the blue collar industry needs to focus on most in 2021? Yeah, for, for me, it's the same, regardless of the pandemic or not, because it's, it's even more evident now during the pandemic. It's, it's the principle. I mean, it's character. That's whatever's wrong in our world. Character is the root cause. You, you or anybody else on this planet can't tell me anything that's wrong. Wrong, wrong being a bad thing, negative thing versus a good thing or a positive thing. And even that's still all relevant. Depends on what your values are, what's good and what's bad. So, I mean, ultimately, it's just crazy to try to talk about it in, you know, a short amount of time. But yeah, character development. I mean, every give you an example, maybe it'll kind of teach it, but in a small way. Because, you know, we hire people for what what they know, their competency. Yeah. But people are fired because of who they are, their character. Mm. And, and it's not just leaders firing the people. The people fired leaders too. It works both ways. And I teach that. Most people had never even thought about it. I fired a lot of leaders. What that's called is quitting and go work for another leader. Anybody who's got higher turnover, you're being fired on a regular basis. That's some, I call that leadership truth. Any leader out there, it doesn't matter if you're a frontline leader or if you're the CEO, it doesn't matter. If Whatever level you at, if you've got turnover with your team, they're firing you. Yeah, it's time to take a look in the mirror at that point. Something, yep, and that's, something's all right. Yep. And that's, that's what I do is I help people look in the mirror in a way that doesn't cause them to listen like this. Who are you to be telling me what to do? Nobody wants to hear that. So char- character. And, and, and the reason I say that is my favorite definition of character is from Dr. Henry Cloud. He says, character is the ability to meet the demands of reality. And then he also says, integrity is the courage to meet the demands of reality. I mean, whatever issue an organization has, like right now, Rhea and I are about to start a 50, it starts this week, actually, th- this week is, I don't know when you're going to post this, but uh, January the 8th, we're going to start a 15-part series on a book that we wrote together called Change Happens, Leading Yourself and Others Through Change. And, you know, I, I always say when change happens, some people whine, some people shine. And it's based on their character. How do they view change? Some people want to resist change. So in that book, we're going to do that 15-part series on the book over the next 15 weeks on my podcast. I mean, I tell you what, it's perfect timing. Yeah. And the reason I didn't do it already, because last year was my, my focus was on transformation. I did a a series on my first, uh, not on my first book, but my first part of this year I did on personal transformation. And my, my second part of the year I did on on cultural transformation last year on two different books. This year I'm going to do this first one on change. And then I'm going to do one on uh, my book, Blue Collar Kaizen, Leading Lean and Lean Teams, and, and talk about how to lead teams through process improvement. So this whole year, the kind of focus, I do that every year. Every year is a focus kind of on one word for the entire 52 episodes for the year. This year is all about change. But the way people deal with change, good or bad, is based on character. People show up on time, good or bad, is character. It's character. People overperform or underperform, is character. People can't work that, and get along with each other, is character. I mean, there's nothing on this planet that's not character related as far as improving the situation. It's all about character. If I needed to get a degree to get a promotion and I won't sacrifice and pay the price or give up something, all that's character related. 
whatever every leader out there, whatever's going on in their organization is character related. And ultimately, it starts with the top leader of an organization. Their, their values determine what's accepted, what's rejected, who stays, who goes, who we are. And, and that's what I teach. I mean, if the top leader doesn't want to take responsibility for what's going on, they're not really leading, they're, they're managing. I agree, 100%. We talk about that all the time uh, on the podcast. Uh, we do a lot of leadership stuff. Um, I, you know, one of the things I want to ask you is, you know, knowing that it's all about character and, and looking to 2021, what kind of advice would you have for facility managers and contractors as we push into this new year, maybe on developing that character? Yeah, I would advise them to look in the mirror. Every one of them's got problems. I guarantee you, every one of anybody who's leading a group of people. They got problems because people have problems and people generate problems that people cause problems and, and all that sort of stuff. I, I'll give you an example. I'm going to give you an example from a frontline guy, but these are principles. They apply to everybody. But the principle is look in the mirror and take responsibility. And that means dive in. If you don't like to read, listen to a podcast. If you don't like to listen to a podcast, watch a video. I got lots of videos, 100 plus videos on YouTube. I got all kinds of stuff. And so does everybody else in this industry. Find somebody you like and latch on to them. And then when you don't like them anymore, find somebody else you like, latch on to them because <laughs> you may outgrow them. Person that got you started may be, not be the one that, that you want to stick with. But I, I got, a, I got a, a LinkedIn message just a few days ago from a guy, he drives a truck, a boom truck. I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he wants me to say his name, but he's having some issues and uh, issues at work. What's cool about him though is he was being humble. He said, Mac, I've noticed because I called him back. He sent me a message and he messed up and gave me his phone number. I give nah. my phone number out to people. <laughs> my, my phone my number is 334-728-4143. You want to talk to me? Call me. I answer within 12 hours most of the time, 24 all the time. But he sent me his number and I called him to see if he had time to talk. And he told me, he said, he told me about his problems. He says he has problems with his coworkers and when he works in different places and just common. It's normal blue collar stuff. And he's, he's, I think, almost 50. I'm 51, so he's pretty close to my age. But he said, Mag, you know, I'm starting to realize at my age, I have this problem everywhere I go. Maybe maybe it's me. He said, I, I stumbled across one of your vi videos where you were talking about looking in the mirror and he's taking responsibility. And this this man, Sean, is on fire. He's done listened to three of my audio books. He only discovered me like a week ago. I talked to him for an hour and a half. He is so fired up. He's following me on my Facebook and social media, and I see he's starting to share that stuff. He's looking in the mirror. I told him, I said, if you'll just go in every day to your job, do your job outstandingly well. That's the first thing you got to do. Do what you expect to do amazingly well. That takes character to do that, mm -hmm. especially if you're in a, what you think is a bad environment or you don't like the people you work with. If you can't do it in that environment, you got to work on your character. And as he already knows, that's the way it is almost everywhere, especially if you're the one with the problem and don't know it. It's that way all the time, but he figured that out. But in our conversation, the nugget he took away, because I told him, and I teach this in that Blue Collar Leadership Leading from the Frontline book, and he had listened to it, but it's so much. He was like getting a fire hose sprayed at him, and I was trying to give him some drips in there so he could absorb it. And I told him, uh, I said, you learning this stuff? You bought into this stuff? You fired up? I said, you go in on Monday. I just talked to him a few days ago. I said, you go in on Monday. You go do your job amazingly well, but then you look at the entire organization and all the people 
and you tell yourself, I can't believe they're paying me to train myself to get better. They're putting all these people around with all these issues, just like I got. And I got to learn to get better by dealing with these people and being positive. But the lesson I taught him out of there that really got him was you don't work for them. You work for you. Mm. What everybody's saying about you, that, 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 that everybody you meet is a brand ambassador for your business, meaning you, you as an individual. And this is what I really want the frontline people to know, but it applies to everybody, including the top folks that you asked me about, right? Everybody, every leader at every level, if they understand they're working for themselves, then what everybody else out there is saying about them, doesn't matter if they're the CEO, a middle manager, frontline, support, engineer, doesn't matter. It's principle. Whatever these people are saying about me is either increasing my influence or decreasing it with other people. Because what it is, is word of mouth advertisement. Everybody knows the best advertisement for your real business is word of mouth advertisement. I say we, our product is whatever we know in our head and whatever we can do with our, our body. That's our business is our intellectual knowledge and thinking and, uh, and doing. But I wanted him to go in and understand you want everybody you interact with every day to give you positive word of mouth advertisement. That means the people you don't like at work, you got to treat them and work with them in a way that they talk about you in a positive way. You don't care who they are or what they're doing. You, you want to become contagious. Because this stuff is more caught, it's more caught than it is taught. And you got to have a high degree of character to look in the mirror and say, I'm responsible for being a model. And I teach all this stuff in that, that book for the frontline people, because I want those people to either be amazing, outstanding employees for an amazing high impact leader. Or if they work for Barney Fife instead of Andy Griffith, I want them to learn what's in that book, be better while they're working for Barney Fife and then go get another job. Because there's a whole lot more Barney Fives out in the blue-collar world and the white-collar world than, than there are Andy Griffith. That is a fact. And I love that. That's, that's pretty cool, man. You know, in a time where personal brand is really becoming a focus, I love the fact that uh, you're, <clears throat> the, what you're teaching is for everyone to really just take personal you know, responsibility for the impact that you're making for the job that you're doing. There's pride in that, you know, and 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 people who do that, you can tell right away um, that they're that they do that. And you can tell by the way they do their job, by the by the conversations they have, and they make it they make an impact on everybody. And 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 that's that's a, you know, if everyone did that, man, what a difference it would be. Uh, we are always on the lookout for uh, tools or or uh, tips or things that successful people uh, use. And, and I love to give that stuff to the audience. So I'd love to know if there is uh, if there's anything uh, that you would recommend as a tool or a tip. Okay. And, and the reason episode 28 on my podcast, there's like a nine minute lesson on this. I ain't got nine minutes. I know right here to tell them <laughs> but they can go to episode 28 and get a little bit more deeper lesson. All right. These are three points. I pro- I, I told you about the speed of trust. I think this is where I first learned this. I really can't remember. I read so much, but I think that's where I learned this, which was way back. And it's good for the start of the year. And I, I, I make a habit out of it. These principles, the reason I know about them is because I, I live these things. But this has become a habit for me. But some people never have even thought about it. Slow down, get quiet, think about it. So three, three tips to help you get better this year, no matter what level you're at. 
most of the time when people start giving you advice on how to get better, first thing the other person usually does is how busy they are. They ain't got time. That's right. So the first thing I would have people do is find something you need to stop doing. Something that's preventing you from moving forward. Like for me, at one point, I shared the story, but it, this was what caused it. Well, at some point, I need to stop drinking. It was wasting my time, wasting my money, wasting my energy, all kind of stuff. Until my values changed, though, that didn't wasn't a problem. But at some point, it just fell away. I didn't really have to stop. But it doesn't have to be that. Whatever in your life, what do you need to stop doing? Because see, when you stop doing something, can't make an excuse. I ain't got time to stop. It don't take time to stop. You stop, you save time. It don't take money to stop. You don't take energy to stop. You just stop. It takes character to stop. It takes a lot of character to stop doing things sometimes that that are fun to do, but they're not helping you move forward. And and you got to want to move forward. So st- figure out what you need to stop doing. Stop doing it. Next thing, figure out what's working for you, what you need to keep doing. Like me, relative to that, when I started reading, it was working for me. I keep reading every day on purpose. Every day. The next thing is, now that I've stopped doing some stuff, what I need to start doing. So I help you free up some time on the front end so that you can actually do the third one. What do you need to start doing? So what do you need to stop doing, keep doing, and, and start doing? And and for me, like this year is I need to start doing again uh, uh, more frequently articles on LinkedIn. When I started doing my podcast, I, I quit doing so many articles on LinkedIn, but I, I just feel like I need to start doing that more consistently. I got to keep doing my podcast every week. But but now I need to start doing that. And and I don't have, I mean, I don't have to stop anything to create time for that. I just have to value it. Those are great. Those are great advice. Great tips. And uh, that's universal. Everyone can use that. Uh, they got to do it though, Sean. They can't just listen to it and say, oh, it sounds good. Gotta they got to go somewhere in a quiet space, somewhere away from the noise. And think about those three things and, and come up with some answers and take action. I mean, that's, Whenever I finish a speech, if you ever hear me speak anywhere, you're going to hear this right here. And I know we're about to wrap up probably. So I'm going I'm to drop it on your audience right here. And it relates to those things. And what I tell people is five frogs sitting on a log. Four decide to jump off of the log. How many are left on the log? And when I'm in a live audience, a lot of times people will say one. A lot of times they're quiet. They just don't want to answer. And I and every now and then they'll get it right. And the answer is five. It ain't one. And I'll say, some of you may have thought it was one. Some of you said it was one, but the answer is five. But why is it five? Because four decided to jump off. It they didn't jump off. They decided they to jump decided off. They decided to, but they haven't done it. <laughs> exactly right. People may have heard those three questions and decided to take action. They may have learned something else on this podcast and decided to do something differently. And I call this leadership truth, Sean. It's kind of like a surgeon's scalpel. Might hurt, but it's meant to help. I'm tell, I call it leadership truth, though. If you decided to do something because of something you heard on this podcast, you ain't done nothing yet. You're still listening. You got to go do it. That's what separates people that make things happen from, from people who hope things happen. Execution. If, if leaders want a better mm-hmm. team, they got to go build a better team. If they don't know how, they need to be, read Blue Collar Leadership and Culture because I tell them how. And when they read that, they're going to learn there's a million other things they got to do besides that. If you want a better team, it's not hard. If you do willing to pay the work, if you want to have a better life, it's not hard. And that's what my clients, that's what I help them do. I say it from the stage, usually the first time I speak. I'm here because your leaders want to help you have a better life. It doesn't matter if it's at home, at work. You help somebody in your company have a better life at home. I promise you, 
they're engaged while they're at work. I promise you they're giving you good word of mouth advertisement for your company and your organization. Because, see, the people in your organization decide who wants to work there. The people who already work there decide who really wants to work there because every one of these people go home, they leave the company, and people say, what's it like to work there? As soon as they open their mouth, they're providing word of mouth advertisement. That's fact. And a lot of leaders don't understand that. Everybody in your company is a brand ambassador. How you treat them, how you develop them or don't develop them determines what are they going to say about you. It don't determine it. It influences it. But you can create that. 100% true. And that to me is why it's so important for everyone from the top all the way down uh, in your organization for you to be involved with. You have to be, you have to be involved with them. You have to, Jack Welch is probably one of my favorite uh, authors and, and he was probably one of the most influential people for me. And he always used to say, you know, you get to get into the skin of your people and you, you have to do that. You have to know who they are and be able to influence that. And, and uh, I think that's so important. Um, hey man, as we wrap up, we're going to wrap up here. Like you're saying, we're running out of time. I'll have to have you back on. <laughs> Anytime, man. If you uh, you like what I got to say, I'm happy to come back. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, what does, uh, for you, what does leadership mean to you, man? I, I, you're huge in this, in this, uh, arena and in this, this topic. So I kind of want to, what does it really truly mean for you? Yeah. Leadership is one word definition. Learned it from John Maxwell. I'm certified to teach and speak and on a lot of his content. I hardly ever do, but, but I am certified to do it, but I learned this principle from him. Leadership is influence. One mm. word definition. And and I expand on that deeply and I value that deeply. And my first book was called Defining Influence. Increasing your influence increases your options. Anybody understands that? If you have more influence, you will have more options. If, you, if you're competing for, with 10 people to get a job, I promise you, I already know who's going to get the job. It's the one with the most influence relative to the person doing the hiring. Somebody say, well, it's because it's it's Sean knew somebody. Well, if, he know, if him knowing somebody gave him more influence. Then that's it. <laughs> yeah, somebody could say, well, it's because he had a degree and I didn't, but I know how to do the job. If the person hiring you is expecting you to have a degree, it's obvious the person with a degree is going to have more influence. So when I talk about it, though, in that book, Defining Influence, it's not a 30-chapter book. It's like 250 pages, 19 chapters, but it's, it goes in deep. It's like my foundational book. But what I teach people in there is I, I talk about authentic influence in all of my books because everybody has influence. That's what I want. That's why I teach frontline entry-level people to be leaders because they already are. Every one of us on this planet has influence. So we're all leaders by that definition. Every one of us on this planet is influenced by other people. That means we're followers. So everybody's a leader and everybody's a follower. And then we manage things and processes. Everybody manages things and processes. So everybody's a leader. Everybody's a manager. Everybody's a follower. The key to how effective we're going to be is when we're in the right role at the right time for the right reason in the right way. Most people don't even understand those, those three roles, leader, follower, leader, you know, giving somebody a leadership position and thinking that makes them a leader is like giving somebody a whistle thinking that makes them a coach. <laughs> I mean, it's literally, <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> giving them a position makes them a manager without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, that, that is, uh, it's so true. I, I love that definition. Uh, leadership is influence. Uh, and I love that. Um, and it's positive and negative. It is positive and, and it is negative. And it's funny, you, in order to really be a good uh, leader, you have to be a good follower. Absolutely. You know? and, they always um, make the best leaders. Yeah, they do. 
They do. They do. They understand the process. The best right, leaders, well, we, Sean, are still following. That's it. That's it. We are. Hey, man. So we're out of time. I'm going to wrap up here. Uh, our listeners, uh, I'd like to be able to connect them with our guests. How do we find you? What's the best way for our listeners to connect with you? Uh, BlueCollarLeadership.com right here. And I'll, I'll tell you, listeners, if they want to sample, I've got five books in my Blue Collar Leadership series. You can read the first five chapters of all five of those books. Go to BlueCollarLeadership.com, type in forward slash and the word download. And you can read the first five chapters of all of those books. See the other 25 chapter outline. And there's a lot of other books in there from my wife and I that you can read. Awesome, man. I will make sure to put that in the notes and everyone can see it and hop on there and get that uh, free sample. Thank you for doing that. That is amazing. Thank you for the leadership and everything that you contributed to the blue collar world and, and, and beyond. And uh, I'm excited. I would definitely have you back. And until next time, uh, thank you so much for being on the show, my friend. It's a privilege, Sean. Keep making things happen, man. You know what? You got to make it happen or somebody else will. Might as well be you. Might as well be me. All right, bud. Thank you so much.